This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermeerva, and today in episode 56, we're going to be discussing how you can learn history through video games. And today I have a guest with me, Charlene Hess from Hess Unacademy. Charlene, welcome. Yeah, thank you. So I happened to be on Pinterest when I noticed a pin of Charlene's, and this pin took me back to my days of homeschooling my two boys who loved video games. And so I reached out to her and suggested we do an episode together and we talk about this concept of learning history through video games. Hers is about a specific video game and we're going to get to that shortly. Before I start talking about the, I'm going to let Charlene just introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her homeschooling journey and where you can find her online. Charlene, over to you. All right. Well, I am Charlene and I blog over at Hesson Academy and my family has seven kids and we have been homeschooling for our entire, our entire lives. My husband knew that he wanted to homeschool before he even met me. So that was part of the prerequisites when he proposed was I had to be okay with homeschooling. Wow. <laughs> so We've been homeschooling our seven kids for forever, and we do a little bit of everything. We use online curriculums, and we use in-person projects, and sometimes you look at us, and we're diving into book work, and three weeks later, we haven't opened a book in, in days, and we just go where life takes us. It's great. Oh, that sounds amazing. We, we, we were a little bit eclectic, but probably a little bit more rigid and more, more structured than you. But um, I, love the, I love that freedom, which I think everybody should have at least to some degree in their homeschool, because we are not school and we don't have to be the same and we can be different and adaptable. So, you know, if you've been listening to the previous episodes of my podcast, you'll know that Oregon Trail has popped up in a few different episodes. And this was actually, I just did a little research before I came online now, and it was the first major video game that dealt with history. It was devised as an educational game and against all odds became a hit with everybody. And I think there's very few people that don't know Oregon Trail. And in fact, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you can even find those original ones online still. So go back and I'll put a link to some of those episodes so you can find where you can still play it. My kids played a lot. I just liked video games. And so we played quite a lot of video games. It was still in the days when I was homeschooling a little while ago, where we had a lot of CD-ROM games. And um, my boys played things like when they were teens, um, Battlefield 1942. There's a whole range of Battlefield games. These are your first person shooters. So you definitely want these for your older kids if you're okay with those. Rome Total War was another one. But they also played a lot of more sim type games. Uh, Caesar 3 was one. Knights and Merchants was another. And the one they played a lot of 
was civilization. I think we're now at civilization six, at least there may be more of those. I will have links in the show notes to everything we mentioned today. Um, and you can find the show notes at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Look for episode 56. Civilization, you get to play as different civilizations and build them up. It was a sim, or is a sim, you can still play it today. And it's very similar to the one that Charlene's children play and that she had written a blog post about, and that's what I saw the pin on, and that is Age of Empires. So Charlene, can you tell us a little bit more about Age of Empires and why this is a great game to use to teach history? Okay, well, Age of Empires, I guess it would be classified as a strategy game. You you select your nation or your civilization, and these are all based on real-world nations that were around forever ago. Some of them are still around today and some of them are not. But you pick your, your nation, and you spend the first part of the game building up, collecting resources, doing your technology research. And as the game goes on, in order to win, there are a couple of different ways you can win. You can win by conquests, which is taking out all of the enemies on the board. Or you can win with things like collecting all of the relics, all of the holy relics and winning that way. Or you can win with um, trying to think what was another way you could win. Well, there were a couple of different ways that you can win. And basically you, you have to go through your civilization and conquer the world, I guess is the, the simplest way to put it. Right. And civilization was very similar where you also had to do that. And so when they're busy doing the battles, is this, is this kind of realistic looking action or not? Um, it's definitely not. There are little animated characters. Some of them are wooden trebuchets and things like that. And some of them are just little characters on horseback or walking around. The wooden things will crumble and fall apart. And when the people and characters die, they make a grunting noise and their character just falls on the ground and then slowly disintegrates. Right. Civilization, I'm not sure they were even individual people. I feel like, I think that one was more sort of, if I remember correctly, you were more sort of like armies were playing together. So because it's not realistic action, what age would you say this is appropriate for? I would say around seven or eight years old on up, depending on the sensitivity of your child. Right. Like with everything, you know, all these different video games, you have to look at it for your, for your own children. Um, my boys played Civilization first, and then I suppose somewhere around 10, 11, 12, I can't remember. They were two years apart in age. They then moved from Civilization and started playing Age of Empires, and they did play that all the way through high school. I do remember playing that. And that was my cat who just fell off the table. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he was obviously very interested in the topic and walked all around and then fell off. Okay, so getting back to the topic here. Um, so before we go into more details about it, where, what gaming system do you have? Are you playing this online? Can it be played? Do you know, is this one that can be played on different gaming systems? Where did you buy it? That kind of thing. Um, so we play this online. It is a download that you can get from the 
the steam.com website. They're a host for a whole bunch of different games. So we just purchase our license from them and we can download it to any of our laptops, desktops, whatever. And we just play it like that. Right. Um, I was hoping you were going to say steam because steam is a great place to find uh, video games as you say, download them and just play them on different devices. And we'll tell you, if you go onto Steam, it will tell you what different, um, exactly what you need to be able to run different games. So for instance, the ones that I mentioned, Battlefield and Rome Total War and Caesar 3, these are ones my kids played maybe 10 years ago now. And yet I still found them all. Knights and Merchants was, I really like that one best. Um, these are all on Steam. And so you can actually go and have a look, see. Sometimes you do need an older computer, so be sure that you read all those specifications carefully. But some of them they've remastered or whatever so that they actually will work on, on current uh, laptops. So take a look at that. And um, you'll also find really good prices there and they have sales. It's just it's a great website to actually find, to find games on. So now tell us, obviously we understand this is a fun game. Your boys enjoyed it. My boys enjoyed it. How have you added to the learning while they played it? Well, my husband and I decided that we wanted to still allow our kids to be able to play this game that they all love so much. But if they're going to play it all the time, it's really got to have some educational aspect to it. Um, so we discovered that in the in the back, the back door, I guess, I don't know what to call it. In the heart of the gaming system, there are encyclopedias, I guess, of all of the different nations. And you can go on and you can research and read about all of the facts and the history of all these different civilizations. So we decided that we would, we made up a couple of worksheets and we told the kids that from now on, in order to play with a nation, they needed to research their nation and learn about it. And we told them that we would use this for school, which was why it was required. But the motivation on their part was as they learn more about their nation, they learn the strengths and weaknesses of their particular civilization that they're playing with. And they can learn which strategies to take based on what they're doing and what their goals are because each group of nations has a different strength and weakness. And if you play to those strengths, you actually do better in the game. Right. And we did something very similar with civilization with the boys. Um, I was using sunlight at the time and we were doing uh, world history. I wouldn't let them play. So similar concept. I wouldn't let them play as a civilization until we had covered it. So once we'd covered the ancient Egyptians, they could play as the ancient Egyptians in civilization game. And, uh, it was, it was the same idea that they would actually come in with better knowledge and it would be more meaningful to them. It was also for us because we were doing a main curriculum. The, this was sort of homework for them. My boys used to joke that they were the only boys they knew who got to play video games for their homework. So <laughs> they, would, they would go along play it. And I want to tell you just a funny story just to illustrate how a video game like this can really make learning sink in. So my younger son, I don't know, he was probably eight or nine at the time. He was playing as the ancient Egyptians. And one day he came to me and he said, I don't understand this. In civilization, you can, you can, once you've achieved a certain level and you've got a certain amount of stuff, you can choose 
what to give them. So you can give them things they wouldn't really have been able to have used at that time. And so you were able to give democracy, for instance, to the Egyptians. And so he gave his Egyptians democracy. And he was horrified because the Egyptians all started revolting. And he thought that, you know, being a democracy was the highest form of civilization. Why would you not want to have democracy? Why would you not want to have a say in what you were doing? And because we had been studying it, this was a great learning opportunity. And I sat with him and I said to him, well, just think about this. Um, if it's a democracy, who have you removed? And he said, well, the Pharaoh. And I said, and who did the Egyptians think the Pharaoh was? And at that point, he realized they thought Pharaoh was God. And he suddenly, it all dawned on him that what he was doing was he had just killed off their God. And that's why they were so upset, because what he'd taken as being a political action was actually a religious one. And that was just, it was just a great learning experience and being able to talk it through with him as he was playing a fun game. That's very cool. Have you ever um, found any historical inaccuracies as they've been playing? Um, I guess on the top of my head, the biggest historical inaccuracy that I would say is there is a little toggle button where you can click to allow every nation to have all texts and all units. And that kind of takes the strategy out of the game. After that, it's just everyone has everything and may the smartest player win, I guess. There's no more strategy. Right. And as I said, in, in civilization, you can choose to you know, um, as you sort of progress and you get enough points, whatever it was, you can sort of bring the printing press, you know, to the Egyptians and things like that, which skews what really happened. But it also brings another element in and makes them think about it and you can talk it through. So it's just the same as with historical movies. Whenever I used to watch historical movies with my kids and we used to do a lot of that as we were studying things, we would talk about afterwards how historically accurate or not it was. And we'd go and research and we'd think, could that really have happened? And we'd go and look into it. So again, the fact that it's not perfectly historically accurate isn't really a problem. You can turn anything into a learning opportunity, correct? Yes. Right. Well, I just wanted at this point just um, remind everybody of our sponsor, Funder Funder Academy. They like to use games and you can take a look at their history classes. There is a high school history class, which um, just for US history at this stage, but there are lots of fun simulations and games. Not obviously a whole big game like this, but there are smaller versions that you, that you can play that really sort of brings home. I know right now um, my US history students right at this time have been playing one that I talked about in an earlier podcast as well, where they've been playing Four Crown or Colony and have actually been playing their way through the Revolutionary War. Then we also have um, uh, unit studies that are web-based on World War II, there's Who's Who in World War II and World War II year by year. And again, there are a couple of little games. I remember there's something at least about some of the D-Day landings where you make some choices and things. They're just smaller games. But again, games can really just bring a different aspect to history as you play it. Well, Charlene, thank you very much for your time today. It's been great listening to how you and your kids have been using this game. Is it just boys that have been playing? Just my last question. Um, no, all of us, our boys and our girls play. Right. We play with the family regularly. 
Great. And, and that's something else. I, I love the concept of playing as a family. I, I more just watched. I didn't participate that much in these ones, though I did remember Knights and Merchants was the one that I remember playing more with them. But I was hovering in the background and enjoying it. But you can see there it's not just a boy game because it's not. They, these civilization, particularly an Age of Empires, are not super violent. That said, still check in that your slightly younger kids will be okay with it. But definitely from 10, 12 on, there is nothing that should frighten them. Well, thanks. And that brings us to the end of our show. Again, I just ask you to leave us a rating and review if you enjoyed this. Share this episode with a friend who might need some little inspiration and join us again next week, same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.